so excited to speak. I really am. Um, I believe this word that God has given me is for such a time as this. Uh, I really do believe that. It's like we're at right now on this journey uh, of hope as a church, as a community. And I really believe that God wants to speak uh, right to us this morning and right where we're at. And that I am so excited about this fast. Uh, I know many people are worried about it, but I am because I believe God's going to move in it like never before. Um, and we remove the distractions and, you know, we make space for God to speak to us. Like, like think of this for a second. Our creator is going to speak to us. The creator of the, the world that we live in, the creator of all things that exist, is going to speak to us. That's mind-blowing. Okay, so, so I'm quite excited, and I want to encourage you to get involved uh, and participate uh, in this fast. Well, hey, this morning, uh, we are continuing on a collection of talks called Fresh Start, and we've been journeying through this idea and this topic called Fresh Start over the last few weeks, and uh, Brian has been doing an incredible job um, every single week. And uh, this morning, I really want to build on what's been talked about already. And I really want to talk about uh, something that I really think people have different ideas and perceptions of uh, in, the, in the church world. And uh, this morning, I want to talk to you from the topic of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you're new here this morning, it's okay. Uh, the Holy Spirit is for each and every person. Uh, wherever you're at on this journey of life and faith, it's available to each and every one of us. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to preach. I'm excited to get in. And if you have a Bible or you don't, it's cool because it'll be on the screen. But uh, we're going to look at from two texts, uh, John 14 and 16, I'll be skimming over, but our main text for today will be John, uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 1 to 13. So if you want to go there with me, I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 13. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, and residents of Figure, Pamphylia. Just pause there. If you're ever reading the Bible and like you struggle with enunciation, just keep going. Fake it till you make it, right? Just keep going, right? Just like I am. Uh, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, broke Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. Uh, I want to preach this morning from this talk, get in the game. Get in the game. And uh, I want to take a moment to just pray. And uh, ask God to come and bless his word. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, I thank you that you are here. God, you're present in this place. God, I pray in this atmosphere, things will begin to shift. Things will begin to move. God, I thank you for sending a helper called the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would open up our eyes and open up our ears to understand um, your gift to each and every one of us. 
I pray, God, for those who are new this morning, God, they will feel comfortable and safe in this place. God, I pray you would use me to communicate and articulate the word that you've put inside of me for your people. I thank you for this place called hope, and I thank you for this place we call home. Speak this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but I grew up playing a lot of sports. I grew up playing a lot of sports. Anybody grow up playing sports, dancing, uh, all that kind of stuff? Now, our family is actually quite sporty, uh, and some of you are looking at my mom like, I don't know, but she was actually a champion in uh, majorettes, which is pretty cool. Uh, Craig is a, I'm going to say a world-class footballer. He's, he, I'm speaking that over his life. He currently plays for a top team. You know, he's getting watched and, and he loves football. He's playing football. And I grew up also uh, playing football. I don't think I'm as good as, as Craig is, but, but I was good. Okay, I was decent. But I grew up playing football. And uh, when I was about 12 or 13, I decided to join the local football team. And uh, we were called Drumfin Celtic. And uh, it was so cool. It was a fresh team. It was all new. And I uh, remember... You know, joining a bunch of lads from the local community uh, and, and getting on the team. And we'd go training every Thursday and then on Sundays we'd have our games. And uh, I remember, you know, there was one rule that was involved in playing Sunday League football. And I don't know if you're a soccer mom or dad in the house, but, uh, but there's one rule with playing Sunday League football. And it's that if you don't show up to training, you weren't starting on Sunday. Right? It was that simple. And I remember at that time, I was playing like lots of different sports. I was also a big fan of basketball and all these different sports. And I was the worst at showing up the training. I'll be honest. I was terrible at showing up the training. Um, and I remember then coming up on a Sunday morning and the coach would grab us together. He'd put us in a circle and he'd say, okay, this is the starting lineup. This is the, the first 11. And he'd, you know, call out the names and, you know, uh, Oshin and all these different people and get to the subs and like, bam, I didn't make it. Didn't make the team. I'd always be in the subs. Well, always in the subs. But I, I would <laughs> therefore be in the sub. And uh, I remember, you know, you know that feeling of being put on the sideline. You know, being on the sideline and you're watching, you're waiting, you know, you're seeing the game. The game is taking place. Everything is happening in front of you. And you're waiting, you're waiting. You're like, come on, coach, you know, come on, give me the call. And I remember running up and down the lines, you know, getting the ball, doing a few tricks or whatever, you know, showing off. Uh, and trying to, you know, trying to impress and say, come on, like, I want to get in the game. I'm dying. I can see it all happening. It's taking place. And I'm waiting for that call. And then Jimmy, the manager, he'd say, Shane, get ready. I'm going to put you in the game. It's time for you to get in the game. And I really felt as I was praying and preparing to speak this morning, the Lord kind of spoke to me and he wanted to break some news to some people that, that God's not called you to, to spectate, he's called you to participate. God's called you to get in the game. God wants you to be active. God wants to put you, he, he's saying, hey, hey, here's a jersey. What's your favorite number? Seven? Ten? Number one? I'm putting you in the game. Here's your jersey. Here's your opportunity. See, so many of us, we can, we can be at the stadium, we can be at the event, we can, we can feel the vibe, we can, we can even be there when they score a goal and we celebrate. But God's saying, hey, I want to put you in the game. I've called you to be a star player. I want to put you in the game. And I really believe that that is what God has called us to as a community and as a church this year for 2017. Now, in order for us to get in the game, we're going to need some help. Because we can't get in the game on our own. We need some help. And uh, just as my notes go off. I 
And uh, like for me, I made the transition from a participator to a spectator about probably now. Funny you said that about the birthday. About six years about six years ago now, Hope had been started. It was running for about six months, and uh, I think I came in June, sometime in the summer. And uh, it was a funny story actually because my mom actually paid me to come to church. Mm, now, so any mommies and daddies out there, you want to get your kids? Come on. Uh, I was offered to do the media, you know, get on the computer, do all the techie stuff, and I got a few bob over every week. Yeah. Um, but hey, I, I um, and I, I got a few bob every week, a few bob every week to come and do the computer, you know. And I was in this place, I was like, I was spectating, I was watching, I was seeing things happening, things were taking place, you know, the worship was going on, the preaching, you know, everything was happening, and, you know, I could see it, I could, I could, I could feel it at times, and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, there's something here, there's something here, and I'm watching and I'm waiting. And then about six weeks after, I went to a thing called Pulse Camp, and some of you may have heard of Pulse Camp, Oshin's been on Pulse Camp, some of our youth have went, and I remember going on that week, and I said, I was in this place, I was like, God, you need to speak. So I know something's there. I, I can taste something. I can feel something. What is it? And I remember going on that week, and, and I remember someone praying with me, and I received what's called the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Something was deposited in me that gave me something new, that gave me something that I could, I could feel like I was in the game. Feel like I could make this transition from, from just spectating and watching and seeing what's going on, but actually being in the game. And I don't mean that just as a collective and as a, you know, an opportunity to serve and, you know, get involved. But I mean that Jesus was actively moving in my life. I could actually experience God in my life. I could see him and feel him in my life. And I know that that's so hard to kind of understand and so hard to, 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 to get across to you. Because, like, it, it's so tough to explain. And I was trying to figure out the best way, you know, to communicate that. But it was just simply, there was something in me when I came back that week. That was like a, bo- a born and a fire in me that I just wanted to, I wanted to get more, I wanted to, wanted to get in the game. I wanted to, to participate. And I came back and I remember I got involved, um, I think I got involved, from, I went from the media to worship. I wanted to get involved when I played at Cahoon. I remember serving and worship, serving and worship. And I said, hey, can I do the announcements? And I've done the announcements. I said, hey, can I, you know, do some of the prayer? And he said, yeah, yeah. Can I do some of the communion? I just, I just wanted to serve. I seen all this and I was like, I, I want to try that. I want to serve. I want to. I want to serve God. And there was just something about me that wanted to make that transition from spectating to participating. And, I, and, and for me, the transition from spectating to participating was the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Are you with me? See, the Holy Spirit, it, it changes things and it shifts things and it, and it puts you in the game. And if you're new here this morning, let me give you some quick context or some background on the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14 and 16, Jesus is hyping this guy up. He's saying, the ho- I have to go. He's, he's saying, I have to go. Something better is coming. It's actually to your advantage that I go because something better is coming. See, Jesus knew something. He, he was in this, in this moment, in John chapter 14, 16, where we read, at this moment in time, he was a physical being. Okay? He was hanging out with the disciples. He was around the disciples. But he was saying, I no longer cannot just be in one place on my own. He says, I no longer have to be in all places at all time, all people. I need, I need to be in a different format. I need to be in a different spiritual being. And that's what Jesus knew. So he was saying to the guy, say, I got to go. Something better is coming. 
I'm promising you something better. I'm going to send you a helper. It's to your advantage that I go. He also says, hey, you're going to see and do greater things through this power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was one of the disciples there that day, and he's telling me, you know, he's building this thing up, he's hyping this thing up, and he's saying the Holy Spirit is awesome. He's saying it's, it's, it's gonna, you're going to see and do greater things. He's building it up. If I was one of the disciples, I would have been like, now, hold on. Jesus, we've seen you turn water into wine. Now, that was awesome, right? Now, Jesus, we've seen you take five loaves of bread and two fish and feed five thousand people now hold on remember that one time you raised that guy lazarus from the dead now that was now that was insane right and jesus is saying you're gonna see and do greater things than this now just to give you a news flash we live on the other side of that promise today that the holy spirit is available to us that we can receive it that we can actually act actively uh, move and participate in this power of the holy spirit that we can actually be be in uh, in and around this presence of the holy spirit that changes and shapes things in our lives the holy spirit is actively constantly moving in our lives. Shouldn't have really put a password on my iPad. You know, and Jesus describes this guy as, as the advocate. He describes him as the helper. And if you're taking notes or you want to take notes on your phone, the Holy Spirit is our ultimate helper. Doesn't matter who you do life with. Doesn't matter how great your pastors or your leaders are, even though you're awesome. Doesn't matter. The ultimate helper is the Holy Spirit. And he starts describing the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if there's notes. Yeah, there. He starts describing the Holy Spirit and he says, He will help you. He says, He will guide you. He will teach you. He will dwell in you. He will comfort you. He will encourage you. He will convict you. And he will lead you into all truth. This is the description that Jesus gives us as the Holy Spirit. This is how awesome it is. He's saying, hey, I've got to go. Something better is coming. He's promising the Holy Spirit. He's promising what's available to us today. He's promising us a help. He's promising us a guider. He's promising us someone who's going to teach us. I don't know about you, but there's days where I read my Bible and I'm, I'm like, God, are you, are you speaking to me? Like, what's going on? I want to tell you, he is speaking to you. His Holy Spirit is moving as you sit and you read. His Holy Spirit is, is moving as you, as you sit there and you circle things and you underline things and you highlight things. That's His Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's teaching you. He dwells in you. He dwells in you. His power dwells in you. He wants to comfort you. He, he encourages you. He lifts your head when you're discouraged. He lifts your head when you're down. It's what picks you back up. The Holy Spirit convicts you. Man, that's a hard one. <laughs> That's the tough one. You know the gut feeling you get? You know, and you, you know you shouldn't do it? Yeah, that's the convictor. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. It also leads you into what's right. The Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is, is, is what activates you from, in, from, from the transition from a spectator to... A participator. It's this gap in the middle. It's what makes the difference, if that makes sense. 
Now our text for today in Acts chapter 2, I want to give you some keys to finish up. In the first verse it says, do I have the scripture there? should be the, in verse 1. It says, from the day of Pentecost arrived, they're all together in one place. Now, the day of Pentecost simply means the 50th day. Uh, and it's, uh, So 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus was the ascension. Ten days later we have Pentecost. And it says they were all together in one place. My first point is that the Holy Spirit brings unity. The Holy Spirit brings unity. It draws people together. It gathers people together. It forms community under one purpose. And I was looking, you know, into, into the, this is weird, but into the Greek of this. And, uh, you know, it talks about, you know, being together in one place. There's another, there's another scripture that kind of, uh, another translation that talks about it as one accord. And it simply means they were in the, it, it, together with one desire, with one will, with one focus. And I really feel like that speaks to us, that if we come together with, with one desire, with one will, with one focus, the Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit brings heaven to earth. The Holy Spirit brings heaven to earth. When we pray and invite the Holy Spirit, we don't do that just, you know, for the sake of it. We do that because we simply believe that, that the Holy Spirit can bring heaven to earth. You can, you can taste the presence. You can feel it. You know, there's moments that we have. And, I, and if you're a Christian here, I'm sure you've, you've embraced this at some point. There's a moment where you can just taste and feel the presence of God. Heaven comes to earth. We get a glimpse of heaven. It says they experienced a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And at that sound, in verse 6, it says a multitude came together. The Holy, the Holy Spirit brings heaven to earth. And heaven attracts people. Heaven attracts people. The Holy Spirit redirects. I remember one night, and my mom can actually vouch for this, I was getting ready to go out. You know, I had all my clothes on, you know, I had the perfume on, I was going out with the lads. And I remember, literally, I walked outside the house, I walked around the corner, and I simply felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, turn back, go home. Turn back, go home. Now, I'm not saying anything, you know, crazy happened that night or whatever, you know, because I didn't go out. But I simply felt in my spirit, turn back, go home. See, in this place, it says that, that, that a sound like a mighty rushing wind unexpectedly arrives. It comes out of nowhere. They're sitting there waiting, and it comes. I don't know about you, but you may be going one way today, but I believe God, the Holy Spirit, can redirect your life. He can redirect your path. You may think you're going this way, but the Holy Spirit, once it gets involved in your life, it redirects your path. It redirects where you're going. Holy Spirit can change the direction of your life. The Holy Spirit speaks your language. The Holy Spirit speaks your language. It says that all different tribes and backgrounds gathered together. I was, I was naming some of them earlier. I didn't do a very good job. But I was naming some of them. It says they were all together. And they heard one language. And they started questioning. You know, how can we hear? You know, we're all different languages. We're all different backgrounds and tribes. But we can understand each other. It's because God speaks your language. God speaks your language. And I want to tell you this this morning, if you are a mom and dad in here and you are worried about your children, God speaks their language. 
God speaks their language. He will speak to them. He will get to them. And I want to encourage you this morning. You may think coming every Sunday may not be working. It is working. Keep coming. Hang in there. Keep coming. I remember going to church when I was like 11, 12, 13, 14. And I was struggling. I, there was times where I didn't get it. My mom kept bringing me. My mom kept bringing me. And I remember something got a hold of me. Something got a hold of me. I was spectating. I was watching. I was waiting. And then the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I ended up experiencing something that allowed me to participate. The Holy Spirit got a hold of my life. And I believe for your children, for those children, they will experience at some point the presence of God. They will experience the Holy Spirit on their life. And God will speak to them. God will get to them. Come on, I believe it this morning. I stand on that. God speaks our language. God speaks the language of your children. He speaks your language. I remember preaching at a, at a young adults before and there was this girl in front of me and I'm preaching and she's just bawling her eyes out and I'm like, what is wrong with you? But anyways, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, she's crying. I remember she came up to me at the end and she said, thanks. And I says, oh, you're welcome wherever. And I says, what was it that you, you know, that got you crying or what was it that, you know, you know, got you in that way? And she couldn't communicate with me. She was actually Brazilian. <laughs> she was Brazilian. And all I can actually sum that up with is that the Holy Spirit was speaking through me and speaking her language. The Holy Spirit speaks your language. The world won't understand. The Holy Spirit, the world won't understand it at times. In verse 13 it says, Others mocked and joked, saying they were all drunk. They were filled with new wine. Isn't it funny that when, when the early church was pioneered and the power of God fell on people, they didn't know how to describe it. They didn't know how to articulate it. They just could only describe it as what they taught or what they knew. Something about being in the presence of God changes and shifts things sometimes we can't understand it we can just experience it the world won't understand it see when god gets a hold of your life when the holy spirit comes in it's very hard even for me this morning to articulate and communicate this message and this topic of the holy spirit because it's so hard to describe i was i was thinking about some of the experiences that i had of the holy spirit and you know, it's just moments that usually he just speaks to me and he says, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. And, yeah, and the Holy Spirit mostly speaks to me when in silence. You know, when I'm walking up the street, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything busy. I'm actually taking time out to just hear from God. And, I, and it's just, it's so evident. But for me to articulate and communicate that to you, you're not going to get it. And sometimes people won't understand it. And I want to tell you, that's okay. The Holy Spirit speaks to you, and you actually can't find the words to communicate it to someone. That's okay. The priority is God spoke to you. The Holy Spirit is, in, is working in your life. To finish this morning, and guys, if you want to come back, it's up to yourselves. We can finish it. Nah? Cool. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is constantly, actively moving in your life. 
And don't think you have to keep up with it. Because that's not the priority. The priority is allowing the Holy Spirit to move on you. Not move with it. Does that make sense? Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to work on your life. Uh, a friend of mine um, has, a, has a PA. And uh, I have never had a personal assistant. Um, I'm praying for one someday in the future. That would be, be awesome. That would be so good. But I start thinking the Holy Spirit is it's like a PA. But this PA doesn't clock in at nine and clock out at five. This Holy Spirit, this helper, does the day shift and the night shift. He constantly, actively works in your life. He constantly, actively works in your life. He's not one that just comes and goes. He is constantly working. Can I tell you something this morning? I don't know where you're at on this journey of faith and life. He is constantly working. He's doing something new in you. He's doing something fresh in you. I believe that for your life. There's times where I don't get it and I don't understand it and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. But I know the Holy Spirit is speaking. And I know the Holy Spirit is working and he's doing something in me and he's doing something through me. The Holy Spirit is constantly, actively working in your life. He's the PA that doesn't clock out. And I want to encourage you as well. In this scripture in Acts chapter 2, it doesn't say that they were jumping around. It doesn't say that they were, you know, waving their hands. It doesn't say they were doing any of that. As awesome as that can be sometimes, and, and if that's your way of worship, that's awesome. But it says they were sitting. They had a posture. They had a stance. They were, they were, they were in a position. They were waiting to receive. The only time I really sit these days is, is when I'm waiting to eat, if I'm honest. But it's this, it's this stance and it's this posture of waiting to receive from God. Can I encourage you? We don't need to do anything in here to build it up, to, you know, do whatever for the Holy Spirit to come. We sit and we fervently seek and wait and we be obedient to His voice. And we say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, move in me. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Whether in that moment or not, you hear his voice. He is working. He is doing more than you think, more than you imagine. The Holy Spirit is working on your life. Day shift and the night shift. I want to finish with this. Tom Wright, who is one of my favorite um, commentaries of the Bible. He writes that, you know, Luke, the author of the book of Acts, his intention here in chapter 1 and chapter 2 is that, is that he intends to explain how a small group of frightened, puzzled, and largely uneducated men and women could so quickly become, as they undoubtedly did, a force to be reckoned with right across the world. I want to say, church, you are a force to be reckoned with. We are a force to be reckoned with. We may seem small, we serve a big God. Our faith may seem small, but it's not our faith, it's the object of our faith. And the object of our faith is Jesus. He's the one that reigns. He's the one that, lived on, that we lift on high. He's the one that's in control. He's the one that's leading all of this. The impact of our church is from heaven, not earth. 
And the Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to work in each and every one of us this year and transition us from spectators to participators. There is 20,000 people in this community that are still lost, that are still broken, and they're waiting to hear the good news of Jesus. They're waiting to find some real hope, real truth, real love, and real freedom. I want to tell you, whatever the light avoids, darkness invades. It is our job to go into each and every corner and every back alley and every place of darkness in this world with the light and the hope of Jesus. It is our duty, it is our mandate to do that. That is the calling of a Christian. That is your responsibility. I want to encourage you, start where you are. Start where you are. I wish, I, I believe that if this is, if this is a, I don't know if this is prophecy, I'm, I, I don't know, but, but if, as a church, I believe we should start where we're at, not where we want to be. Because I know all of us, we want to be somewhere, but let's start where we are. Let's start with what we have. We have this big building. We have this big chapel. We have counseling available each day of the week. We have a cafe down there for people to meet and gather and connect and talk about Jesus. Like, that is awesome. We have a space for people to gather, you know, to get in the Word, to pray. You know, we have an open space for people to do that. Let's start where we're at. Let's invite people into this environment. Let's make the transition this year from a spectator to a participator. Let's take the jersey God has given us and let's get in the game. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit today, sit in a position that you can receive. We're not going to do anything freaky. We're not doing anything crazy. Sit in a position and be obedient to the voice of God. Because He's speaking. He's working. The Holy Spirit is constantly, actively working in your life. He is the ultimate helper. He is with you. He is guiding you. He is leading you. He is encouraging you. He is behind you all the way. He will never give up on you. He will never leave you. He will always be with you. He's always with you. The Holy Spirit is always with you, wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this place. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would would fall on this place today. God, it would fall on each and every one of us as individuals and as a collective, as a body. God, that we would this year know your presence. God, this year we would know your Holy Spirit working in and through us. God, even though we may not be aware of it sometimes, God, it is important that we keep the mind frame and we keep the perspective that you're constantly, actively working in our lives. You're doing more than we could imagine. You're doing more than we think. God, I thank you that you sent a helper. God, I thank you you sent the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray through the Holy Spirit, allow us to make a difference in this world. Allow us to go into each and every corner and fill it with the light and hope of Jesus. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this community. God, I thank you for a place that we can call home. God, I pray this week as, as people engage with, with family and people as engage with work and, and, and people engage with just life, God, it can, be, it can be filled with ups and downs. It can be filled with, with good times and bad times. God, I pray through it all, we will be aware of your Holy Spirit And God, that is there to help us, it is there to guide us, it is there to lead us. And it is also there to comfort us. Through whatever trial, whatever tribulation, it is there to help us and it is there to comfort us. God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that walks with us daily and never stops working in our lives. 
pray this in Jesus' name.